Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us. This is Michelle Hayward and Casey Atha here again for another DEI Thursday. Today, we are talking about Women's Equality Day, which is actually on August 26th. We're doing it early, well, because we have other things going on, but we do want to talk about it. And I'm, I'm going to let Casey start because um, she came up with the title and, <laughs> and why... <laughs> Why she, why we have this title and li literally talk about Women's Equality Day and what what differs about it from white women to uh, underrepresented or women of color, more specifically, black women um, being very specific. OK. Mm -hmm. OK. So when Michelle and I get together, we sort of throw out our ideas for what we should or could talk about on Thursday and I threw out a couple and then Michelle said, what about this Women's Equality Day on Thursday? And I was like, oh yeah, what is that about? I honestly didn't even know. And it was, it's about women's suffrage getting approved in 1920. And that's the actual, the actual day. So I figured this out, Michelle, the actual day is on the 18th when it was ratified, the 19th amendment. And then the day to commemorate it is August 26th. So I figured that out. And then once I realized what Women's Equality Day was based in, I thought, oh my gosh, this is problematic. Just like celebrating the day that it was ratified was problematic, which is basically to say that Women's Equality Day is using white women as the default. Saying once white women have equality, then that means all women have equality. And if you've been paying attention at all recently, there's a lot of information out there talking about how this is not the truth. And so Michelle got me excited about this topic because when I started digging deeper, I thought, oh, this is connected to the DE&I work I do in the workplace. And the way I connected it to Michelle was, I try to advocate as much as possible in everything that I do partnering with organizations. I try to say, hey, how do we center the margins? Because if you center the margins, you get all the people in the middle taken care of and the folks in the margins. And so what I, I just felt triggered, I would say, by Women's Equality Day because I just felt gaslit. Like we're not all equal because of this holiday that's just basing it on white women's experience. And, and then Michelle and I just riffed off of, well, they base it off of white women's experience for equal payday, same issues happening. And so I think that's sort of where we started going off into our conversation and excitement to talk about it today. So what do you think? Did I leave anything out, Michelle? No, no, you, that, was, that was so on point. When, when we look at a lot of women's movement, right, it is still very centered around white women. So black women, even though this was ratified in, you know, 1920, August 26, 1920, black women were actually, the Ku Klux Klan came after them, showed up, threatened them, and it really kept them away from the polls. So it's not the same progress for all women, which is why there are separate equal paydays. Last week I was on talking about black women's equal payday. We've yet to get to indigenous women or, or native women equal payday. We've yet to get 
to Latina Equal Pay Day because they are all very different when you look at how we are impacted. So when you see something that says women, ask your ask questions. Women, um, and, um, and you call it marginalized or the margins, right? So we'll talk. We'll 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 discuss margins in a minute and marginalized. But what does that really look like when you dissect it? And then you go into LGBTQ women who are black and, and indigenous and Latina. What does that look like for them? And so you can do it so many different ways and you're going to have so much more like, oh my gosh, I didn't know, I didn't like there's a mom's payday and you don't, or a parent's payday and you don't really understand how men can get paid more once they become a father, women get paid less when they become mothers. And so you're looking at like, wait, that makes no sense. You would think you want to pay both parents because they got an extra mouth to feed. And it doesn't work that way. And in, in, in too many instances, I won't say 100%, but in too many instances, it doesn't work that way. So it's really important when you're assessing and you're looking at celebrations, right? You're looking at laws, like who did it truly impact in that time, in that moment, and who does it impact maybe today? Because for decades it didn't, for decades, literally black women were definitely not able and easily have access to the to equality. And it's, and, and it's still not the same even here today. Um, so we talk about equal pay. We talk about, hey, there are more women going into STEM, like, hold up. But there are a decreased number of black women getting engineering degrees. What are you talking about? And so you have to look at it on on several levels when it comes to not just gender, but race um, and and disabilities. So really take into account and really understand who is this who is really winning. And so let's go back to where you were talking um, and you were talking about the margins. And I always say we always say. Um, uh, I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a, a little bit from Drake and my friends that know me they're like you always on this Drake stuff so just follow me. <laughs> Started from the bottom now we're here. If policies truly if you truly want to make change, who are the people that are often overlooked? So they're out on the margins or they're looked down upon. That's why and, and they're not at the bottom to me, but they're looked down upon. If you start from those spaces, you automatically um, lift up those people. You automatically start closing gaps. Where if you start from the next, like oh, the the people who are the what you know getting a hundred percent of the pay, or who we build the baseline off of. If we go one level down, you really aren't closing the gap from people that are five, ten, and twenty paid steps behind. So if you go to the people that are twenty steps behind, you're closing the gap quicker for everybody that is 10, five and two steps behind, right? But for those that are 20 steps, if you're only doing it for those that are two steps behind, you aren't really making monumental moves for those that have been significantly left out, marginalized, underrepresented, how, how, whatever terms and phrases you have underestimated is usually what it is and seen too often <laughs> as charity and not as invaluable um, for what they bring to organizations and truly to the world. So I said all of that and I didn't breathe, did I? <laughs> so so um so going back to women's equal pay day, um, I'm sorry, women's equality day, even when you look at historically who is discussed during women's equality day, 
you are only told about white women. So the history needs to reflect the black women who were part of this movement, who were part of the change, who were still left out for 45 additional years. It was truly 1965 before black women went to the polls in mass numbers and voted. So I really want you to think about that and understand where where we are, where we're trying to go and what these holidays really mean because too often they're looking at white women, but what's truly the impact of, of all women, all colors, all genders, family structures, what impact does it have or didn't it have on their lives? Um, and that's truly where you wanna focus in order to know where the change really needs to happen. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I would also say, so what I'm hearing from you is saying, look at the history and we're definitely getting a single story. So Susan B. Anthony decided with a couple of her homies to write a book to solidify their place in history. But so then they centered themselves naturally in this, you know, really long historical account of women's suffrage. Um, and they left out and erased a lot of the work that was done by black women, indigenous women, um, and and others that are not white. And, and it just really does a disservice to all of us who are trying to learn about our national history. So this is really unfair to us that we were taught something with so many holes and gaps. And so I'm gonna get out of victimhood and create. And how do I create? Yep. I create by, the, by changing the way we move and share um, information and history and our understanding. And so last night after I chatted with Michelle, I was like, man, I better educate myself. I went on YouTube. I was like, I don't feel like reading anymore today. So I was like, I'll watch something. PBS had a really wonderful, um, it was kind of long-ish long in, in today's standards. You know, maybe it was 10 to 16 minutes. I don't know. But it really broke down the, the history of women's suffrage and women's equality day. So I would just invite you to the first step. I, I'm really advocating this in, as much as I can remember to do, which is always like the first step is to educate yourself and to recognize where are the gaps and blind spots with me? And that started with Casey Etha last night, Googling on YouTube, like fill in these gaps. You know, I know why and how to center um, the margins so that we can all be liberated. But I also want to know concretely all the ways that the margins were not centered and all the ways that we use um, proximity to whiteness to as our default. So white males who are cis, hetero there and then however close you are to that identity yeah. is basically telling us look at the history look at who's erased look at intersectionality look at how who gets to write history so this is one example one case study women's equality day to basically explore all of those topics so when you're in the workplace you can use any type of holiday or experience or things that's happening in the world to tie it back into these really important topics like intersectionality, erasure, etc. So um, I want to just tie it in. It's not just for the sake of learning the history and filling the gaps. It's also for the sake of rewiring our brains as much as possible with every opportunity that happens in our life, because that's really how I'm excavating and rooting out the anti-racism, 
and the, the ignorance really, the gaps that allow me to fill it in with stereotypes and, and other social conditioning that is just wrong. So this is how we fortify ourselves to be great leaders that have clarity because we put the mirror up first and do the work first with ourselves. So that's it. That's my big takeaway today for me personally. <laughs> um, I'm adding one one thing that we, we often talk about when it comes to the current day social change and justice movements. And oftentimes we get asked from white women representatives, whether it's women in tech groups, it's uh, women's different women's movements for pay or access to uh, technical roles, you know, career. It's like, well, will the black women join us? Will and it was like, we've been here. What are you talking about joining <laughs> you? And so, I, if if you're a white woman and you're an an ally, what I will recommend you do is find these organizations that are already doing the work and join them, because you will understand. You will start to learn, hopefully what is different about the journey we are on and what is different about the barriers we encounter that we have to overcome. And one of them is you, assuming we're not part of the movement already, when oftentimes we created the movement, we were just overlooked because we had darker skin. So so I, I encourage you to do that. And one of my one of my friends, she's a founder um, as well, she's a solo founder of her tech company, um, Kathleen. Kathleen is like Michelle. I'm, I, I'm, I'm really adamant about doing the work, and she has a great. She found a company called Buddy. She's a cancer thriver. Um, as a kid, she had cancer, and she literally had the history of women's equality rights um, up in her IG story yesterday. And she's like, "Hold up, no, you need to read this. You need to know." who Mary McLeod Bethune is. You need to know they went to the, the college, all women's college she started in Florida. Uh, they being the Ku Klux Klan to say, don't go vote. Th this is the real history of what Women's Equality Day is about. And these are the women, the black women that were have been left out of the history. And so sh they taking those stances to educate and bring awareness to the real history of, the, of these different days that we observe as far as progress, right, and social change really is important as step number 1B. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna say, yeah, 1B, 1A is your own awareness. 1B is is sharing the information with others so they, they become aware. So keep doing the work, keep taking steps and understand as an ally, you will, will fail. But the important part is learning from that failure and getting back in and doing it again and again and again, okay? That's all I have, KC, and I are happy you could join us, whether it's live on the replay. We will not be on here next week. We are both busy. Yeah, so um, I'm, I'm looking forward to working with Seedspot and Black Girl Ventures next week with some startups. So I will be busy uh, with, in startup world. So I can't wait to meet some new founders. Yes. All right, everybody, we will see you in September. It was just March. I can't believe that. It was March for six months, and now it's August. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Sounds good, Michelle. All right, everybody. We'll see you next month. Bye. Bye.